millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Field is ready. They're racing in the Oaks. Hello, everyone. We are back after our quick break in the paddock. Did you miss us? Hopefully you did. Welcome back to Ladies Who Punt. My name is Fiona Blair and with me is my co-host Grace Framage. Hi Grace. Hello Fee. It is great to be back on Ladies Who Punt. We have had a little uh, freshen up in the paddock as you mentioned. We've been away for about a month. Um, And Fee, you've been on holiday as well. Did you have a good time? I did. I went to Port Douglas for the first time. It was beautiful, very relaxing. Uh, Got out to the reef and yeah, did a whole heap of activities. And you had a very small small break in Tasmania. We went opposite ways. <laughs> How did you find Tassie? I was there for two and a half days in Hobart on holiday and came back and thought, wow, now I need an actual holiday because we tried to cram so much in. But that's just the way it goes. It was a lot of fun, just a couple of days freshen up. But it's really exciting to be back now um, with more episodes of Ladies Who Punt because I think before we had our break fee, we had covered a lot of topics specifically relevant to understanding a little bit more about form analysis and also maybe betting and how you can find a winner of a race. Well, now we're going to sort of delve into some of those topics that are more broad to the horse racing industry in general. And I think that that's an important, um, each of those are important topics in themselves because it just makes you understand the whole sport so much better. That's right. Like as much as punting is a big part of racing, getting your teeth into racing as a sport is also just so good. It's such a fascinating sport. There's so much to discuss. Yep. And that's what we'll be covering over the next few episodes. But today we are looking more specifically at race classes. And I'm really excited about this episode because having a good understanding of this is going to help us understand racing a lot more. Now, I just want to give everyone a heads up. If you can make it through this whole episode, congratulations, (laughs) you are a true racing fan. Because although this is an interesting topic, this episode may be a little dry and a little info heavy. But it is a really important topic to understand. And that's why we are having a crack at decoding it for you today. Okay, Grace, well, let's get stuck straight into it. Where should we start? Okay, well, what's important to note for everybody is that every race that's run every day, they're not all the same type of races. You've got different classes of races. You've got different races put on for certain horses for their own age, their own sex, at different stages of their racing preparation, depending on how many wins they've had. Every race is different, um, often during the week, so midweek racing at country tracks like Kilmore or Benalla or Warrnambool. Those races uh, are often the same type of race, which we're going to discuss shortly. But when you get to the weekend, then you see sort of a different genre of race because you're attracting horses of a higher quality and a higher caliber. So I think that's important to note at the beginning that every race on every day might be different, but let's get into some of the main race classes fee. The first one we can talk about 
at the beginning are maidens. So if you're a horse having your first start and you're a three-year-old, you're probably going to head to a maiden um, in the country potentially to hopefully win and make it a really good start to your career. And from there, you will carry on. So maidens are for horses that have yet to win a race. Exactly. So once you've won a race, you can no longer go and maiden races if that's not clear. So like you said, it attracts horses looking to kick off their careers with a win, but you can also find horses in there that have had quite a few starts and are still looking to break that maiden. Exactly. So where do we go from there, Grace, once you've won your maiden? So then once you've won your maiden, this is when it gets interesting. Every horse that's won a maiden will be given a rating from a handicapper. Now, the team of handicappers that literally look at every horse's performances, every horse's win, and determine what their rating should be, that's their job. They are the Racing Victoria handicapping team, and it will be up to them to work out what rating each horse should be given. There are a couple of different things they're looking at. Predominantly, they work to a structure. Um, But let's just say after a maiden victory, a horse gets given a rating of 64. Well, that rating of 64 will then help the trainers and the connections pick out what the next race is. So then we move to the next sort of bracket of race classes, I suppose, in benchmark races. Now, we're going to get into this a little bit deeper a little later on in the show but benchmark racing is very prominent through the week and also uh, sort of outside of carnival times in the city on the weekend as well and it caters for most horses so this horse that's got a rating of 64 will be eligible to run in a benchmark 64 race they might also be eligible to run in a benchmark 70 race but they'll get a low weight because they're racing above their rating now we're going as i mentioned we're going to get stuck into that a little bit later because it there's more to come when it comes to that but just know that those are called benchmark races These are the races that you might hear people say on the telly that this horse is going through the grades. Exactly, yes. So they're just working their way up to those higher class races that we see on the weekends. Absolutely. And just to that point, if you've got a horse that's going through the grades, they might have won their maiden, then they will have won a benchmark 64. Maybe they've won a benchmark 70 or a 78. Then they go to an 84. That is exactly it, Fee. That's a really good example. Okay, Grace. So a race class that I see quite often that I'm not 100% sure on is class races. What are they, like, what do they mean? So if I see a class one, what is that indicating? Yeah, so then this is another category, I suppose, in itself. Um, And if you see a class one race, it means that every horse that's in this race that's eligible cannot have one more than one race so a class two means that you cannot have one more than two races so you can have one one race and be eligible but you can't have one three you will not be allowed to race in that class two the other thing about having race classes as a whole is that it's sort of designed so that horses are running against horses with similar ability at the time oh absolutely right so it's just to help create an even playing field for each race so we don't have the top level horses racing against newcomers or horses with limited ability yeah I mean there are so many horses that are racing here in Victoria and all throughout Australia so you need to cater for them with different races and the way that the um 
you know, the, the class system and the benchmark racing system and, you know, what we're going to discuss on this show, all the races that are put on is really important to be able to allow each horse to have their best winning chance at all times or at least have that race on offer so that the trainers or the connections can target those races because at the end of the day, if we have, um, you know, horses that have consistently racing and have a good winning chance, then that means happy owners, happy investors, and that's what causes and creates success that then flows on to the benefit of the industry as a whole. The other thing that's really important to remember from the horse's perspective is that racing is a skill and race experience is really important. So it is important to be able to offer horses chances to race at a lower level while they're learning their caper. And then as they get more experience, they can head to the higher races. So having those lower class races is a big part of developing any horse, whether Mm -hmm. that's a horse with limited ability or a horse with great ability. Okay, Grace, so we've just covered class races. What other categories of races are there? Okay, so the next one I just want to briefly mention, um, where we have a benchmark 58, which falls under the benchmark racing system. We also have a race which is a 0 to 58 or a 0 to 64. What this means is that if you are rated, back to those rating points we were talking about and what the handicapper rates you after your win or after your performance, if you are rated higher than 58, so if you're a 60 rate up, you cannot contest a 0 to 58. Oh, so it's literally capped at 58. It's capped, yep. So you have to be 58 or less or 64 or less. So that's a 0 to 58 or a 0 to 64. Then the next category I want to mention are open handicaps. Open handicaps are, again, dependent on your rating, but as with benchmark races, which might be a benchmark 78, so attracting horses around that 78 rating, an open handicap is open. There's no set rating that you need to be around, um, and you generally find open handicaps for that sort of top caliber of horse so a lot of stakes races are open handicaps um the Doncaster Mile, the Newmarket Handicap, they're handicaps at Group 1 level. So they're the best horses, but your weight is dependent on what your rating is. But you'll also find open handicaps on a Saturday. So again, Saturday class horses, nice class of horses, you go to those races. You know, if your rating is sort of getting up there and you're outweighted in certain races. I suppose what's important for me to point out at this stage, Fee, is that when we're talking about rating every horse getting a rating the importance of the rating that a horse has let's say it's a 64 rating is that it determines what races that horse is eligible to race in where that horse will sit in the order of the entry for that race and importantly what weight they will be given and weights are a really important part of our form and you know our decision making and who we're going to back so this is really important to understand. Yeah, it really is. So when we're going to talk about it a lot on this episode, um, if you hear us say that this horse has got a rating of 64, what is important for us in terms of assessing um, how well-placed they are is what race that they've been entered in with that rating of 64 and how they have been weighted in that race. So that's what we'll get to a little bit later. But that's a really important point for me to raise because that's essentially what we're looking for, whether the horse gets into the race based on their rating and the race that the trainer has chosen and also what weight they'll be given. Just want to go back to the open handicap. You talked about weights there based on ratings. So just um, to 
make it clear. So the highest rated horse would have the highest weight in the race and the lowest rated horse would have the lowest weight in the race. Yes, that's correct. Now, if you've got an open handicap and it's worth $200,000, you might have 24 horses that want to run in that race, but the field size might only be capped to 16. Mm -hmm. So those horses that are way down in the rating points will not get a run. So when I talk about order of entry, which I mentioned just before, that's what it is. And I guess that's why we have the sort of different uh, benchmarks and all of that sort of stuff is that it's to attract horses around that specific rating. Like if you are a horse with a low rating, but the trainer has a high opinion of their ability, they can't really jump too many grades. Not really, because there's a good chance that they won't get into that race. Mm. So I think that's a really good point that you mention. But just one thing, Fee, and we're going to get to it in our example a little bit later. Not always does the highest rated horse have the top weight. Spoiler alert, it's coming. I'll explain it a little later on. (laughs) Okay, so where are we up to? We've done open handicaps, 0 to 58, 0 to 64s, class races. Where are we headed next, Grace? Now let's move on to different types of racing that you will see, especially when it comes to weekend racing, Saturday racing, when it comes to racing that is only for three-year-olds or only for two-year-olds or only for a certain sex, so only for fillies or only for fillies and mares. And it is what we call set weights races, or set weights and penalties races. So let me explain firstly what this means. Let's say in the Caulfield Guineas, which is a group one feature race for three-year-olds over 1,600 metres in the middle of October each and every year. That is a set weights race. So you'll have colts, boy horses, three-year-olds. You'll have fillies, girl horse, three-year-olds. But the boys will all carry 56 and the girls will all carry 54. Set weights. Doesn't matter how many races you've won before then. Doesn't matter how much better the one horse is than the rest of the field. Set weights race means you will have your set weight. We'll get to an example of that as well on Saturday at Caulfield because there is a set weights race for three-year-olds. More to come on that shortly. But when it comes to set weights and penalties races... Well, again, you're working on the same set weights scale. However, if your horse has won a really good race, let's say in the last couple of months, maybe he will get a penalty and therefore the weight that that horse is assigned in the race is purely dependent on what he's won recently rather than his rating. Let's head to weight for age races. Okay, so this is a whole new kettle of fish now. When we talk about weight for age racing, what we are talking about is that the horse's weight is determined by their age, not their rating. So we've talked about an example of this before in one of our previous episodes, and that was the lightning stakes. Mm -hmm. That is a wait-for-age race, and sometimes, very rarely, you'll see a two-year-old entered in it, and they have basically no weight on their back because they're up against horses that are a lot older and higher rated than they are. Exactly. It's very rare to see a two-year-old in a wait-for-age race though, but if they were to run, they would get a very light weight of 44 kilos or something like that. But what wait-for-age racing is for, the whole category of wait-for-age racing, is that once your horse has won so many races and therefore the handicapper continues to increase the rating of your horse, once you get to a stage where you really can't run in any race, under the handicap system because you're going to get a huge weight that just means that you cannot win, 
that is when you then would start racing your horse in a wait for age race. So horses like Winx, for example, yes. she only raced in wait for age yep. races towards the end. Absolutely, because she just would have got way too much weight or she would force other horses in the race down to the minimum weight and there'd just be too much discrepancy between her and the other horses in the race. It's just not logical. It's just not what the trainer would want to do. So generally, once a horse has really established themselves as a top performer consistently running really good races as a result their rating continues to climb is when you would start racing them in wait for age races ballpark what sort of rating numbers are we are we thinking of when we think horses are too highly rated to go into handicap races well let's use winx as an example again Um, at her last ever start she was rated 132 so i suppose anything sort of getting up up north of 105, 110 um, to 115, these horses need to run in weight for age races because they're going to get too much weight in a benchmark 100 or an open handicap. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to how the handicapper determines the weight that you get in these races shortly. But just for everyone, everybody to understand now, some horses like Winks, like Very Elegant, 10-time Group 1 winner, they cannot race in a handicap because they just would get way too much weight. Um, So they're forced to race in weight for age races. There are also the opportunity for people to race horses that aren't technically a weight for age horse, but they know they've got plenty of ability. They know they can measure up. So it's up to them if they want to sort of throw them in that race. Absolutely. Huge prize money, stakes racing, group one level. Um, If their horse deserves to be there, even though they could run in an open handicap, that's up to them to decide. It's open for everyone, but a lot of horses that are at that level cannot race in anything but wait for age races. I guess the other thing that's important to note at this point is that ratings don't just go up, so Mm -hmm. they can also come down. So if you get to wait for age level and you're just constantly outcompeted, your rating will drop and you'll be able to go back to the handicap system yeah hopefully at some stage you would be able to so it's um one of those things that if you are not competitive in the grade that you're sort of being forced to run in be it at weight for age level or be it in a benchmark 78 if you're not competitive there the handicapper will look at you and say right well we need to drop this horse back in rating points so that they can get into an easier class of field so they can start to be competitive again So we've given a brief overview of all the different race classes that are available for horses and now we're going to look more specifically at the benchmark racing system because there are so many benchmark races on offer. There are so many benchmark races on offer, you're right Fee. So let's break this down and really give everybody a good understanding of what it means when a horse is running, let's say, in a benchmark 64. There are so many of these races every week because they are sort of the next step on from maiden grade. Um, Lots of horses are sort of racing around this, especially if you're a younger horse and you're progressive, you're one that might go through the grades, or if that's really your mark and you've been up in benchmark 70 grade, but you're dropping back down because you're just not necessarily that competitive getting out um, to a benchmark 70. So let's specifically think about a benchmark 64. Let's say we have a horse that is rated 64 and they want to run in a benchmark 64. Great. Perfect. Makes a lot of sense. In terms of what that means for the horse being able to get into that race and the weight, because as I said before, the whole point about ratings is it determines the 
chance of the horse being able to run based on the order of entry and also what weight they're given. So if you're a 64 rater in a benchmark 64, you're probably going to get in. You'd be pretty stiff if you didn't because that's your rating class. Now, in terms of the weight, this is when it gets a little bit more structured. A 64 rated horse in a benchmark 64 will carry 60 kilos. That is the same if you are a 78 rated horse in a benchmark 78, you will carry 60 kilos. So that's the starting point for the weight. Exactly. That's the starting point for the weight. So let's go back to our 64 example. If you are a horse that is a 60 rater and you want to race in a benchmark 64, you are four rating points off what the race is. What's important to note is that one rating point equates to half a kilogram. So if you are four rating points under the benchmark 64, that is two kilograms. That's your weight. 58 kilos. 58. So remember that base being 60 kilos. So if you are four rating points, you are two kilos. Under 60 kilos, you are 58 kilograms. So that's how it's all worked out. And does that work the other way as well, Grace? So if you're a 68 rater, you'd be 62 kilos. Exactly. So that also happens quite a lot where we have horses that are 68 raters in a 64. So they wouldn't be eligible to a 0 to 64, as we've already mentioned, but they are in a benchmark 64. They've just got to carry the weight because they're rated higher than their rivals that might be a 60 rater. And, you know, when you see the weights in the form, you sort of go, uh, like, this one's heavier, this one's lighter. But now I can see, right, this horse has more ability on paper than this other horse that has a few kilos less. So yeah, that's all That's all making a lot more sense now. Now, technically, and as you mentioned at the top of our show, is the highest rated horse the highest weighted horse? Normally, yes, but there are exceptions. And we have the perfect example of this at Caulfield on Saturday. So if everybody goes and has a look at what's happening in this race, race one on the program at Caulfield, it is a benchmark 78. And it's a really good chance for us to explain what's going on here because we've got a 16 horse field. Um, But in fact, 18 horses have accepted. Therefore, we've got two emergencies, number 17 and number 18. At the moment, they don't have a start unless other horses scratch ahead of them. But you can see in terms of um, the the horse that's number one here is a horse called Akachita. Now, that's got a handicap rating of 82 in this benchmark 78. So that's fine. He's just going to carry 62 kilograms because he's four points above the benchmark 78 therefore that's two kilos however horse number two is an 85 rater so she's actually the highest rated horse in the race but she's number two with a less weight of 61 and a half kilograms why i hear you all collectively ask (laughs) that is because she is a mare So all females will get a two kilogram allowance whenever they are versing the boys. And that is just the way it is throughout all racing. Um, If you're in three-year-old class, then fillies will get an allowance of colts. And if you're in older horse benchmark 78 grade, as we see here, this mare gets a two kilo allowance off the four-year-old gelding in Akachita. And just... um not quite related to the topic today, but I'm also seeing that Logan McNeil has the ride on Tokarangi, the one that is second 
Oh, I'm uh, so glad that you said that horse, that mare's name, the 85 Raider, because I didn't, and it's a Kiwi name. Yep. So can you say it again? Uh, tokarangi. Tokarangi. Time for me to flex my Kiwi. I like it a lot. There. I like it a lot. So we have Logan McNeil on board here, and he's an apprentice who can claim three kilos. Yep. So on the form, it's saying 61.5. Is that including the claim? Or no. that's to come as well? So this is something we'll discuss in a future episode, but it's all about the fact that apprentice jockeys when they are riding in certain races, they can actually reduce a horse's weight because of their perceived inexperience. Mm -hmm. So you've got an apprentice jockey who's only had a handful of starts. So in this example, Logan McNeil is actually quite a good apprentice, but he's still claiming three kilos, which means he is going to drop, Togarangi, he's going to drop that horse's weight from 61.5 to 58.5 due to his claim. Then he's got 3.5 kilos on Akachita, and he's the highest rated horse in the race. Yep. So claiming with apprentices is a very tactful oh, absolutely. move from trainers. And it happens a lot. Um, some horses you might want to be ridden by a senior jockey because they can be a little bit of a handful. Um, but, you know, these apprentices, they have been so well educated. They're riding track work for many years. Uh, if you've got a horse that's right up in the weights because their rating exceeds the race that they're in then you can use an apprentice jockey and you know drop their weight back again so it's a it's a real advantage Mm. and also just one more thing for with this example uh if you go and take a look at the horse with the lowest rating which is saddlecloth number 18 so the last horse to have accepted in this race the lowest rated horse he has a rating of 69 so he is nine points underneath the benchmark being benchmark 78. That equates to four and a half kilograms when we know that half a kilogram is one point. So that's why we see Governor Landy number 18 with 55 kilos because it's four and a half kilos under the 60 kilogram starting point. I hope that makes sense. I've tried to explain it in you know, the most simple way possible, but really it is just a formula. As you said, once you understand it, it makes perfect sense. For those who are interested to look at this example, we will put up a cheat sheet on our socials for you to look at of this race. And just visually looking at how the horses are rated and what their weights are, just will help make clear this weighting system for benchmark races. So as long as you're not driving, as long as you're stationary, you can look at your screen, Have a look at that to make things just that bit clearer. Okay, Grace, so we've taken a good look at benchmark racing. We're just going to pause here and go to this week's listener. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
a question. Grace, this week's listener question is from Mark. Thank you, Mark, for sending in your question. And it's actually about benchmark racing, so a good time to do it. His question is, how can horses with a rating of 62 run in a benchmark 58? And that goes to exactly what we've just been talking about. But to be crystal clear, horses that are rated 62 can definitely run in a benchmark 58. It just means they'll carry more weight. They, a 62 rated horse will not be eligible to run in a 0 to 58, but they can in a benchmark 58. That horse will go to the top of the order of entry, given that they are a 62 rater, and we can presume that some of the other horses in the race might be 62 and below, given it's a benchmark 58 race. But given that this horse is four rating points above the benchmark of 58, that equates to two kilos. So when we know that a 58 rated horse in a 58 gets 60 kilos, this horse that is rated four rating points higher will get 62 kilos so to answer mark's question they can race in a benchmark 58 they just have to carry more weight and as we've already discussed it certainly does deter trainers and connections from putting higher rated horses in lower racing grades because they just don't want to have to carry the weight and that way we get you know the the same caliber of horse racing each other on a consistent basis Yeah, and it just means that, again, the playing field is level and fair, which is really important to us as punters. We don't want horses to have an unfair advantage, unless we want to back them, of course. Which we will (laughs) always try and find out and unveil. So we've just taken a good look at benchmark racing. Let's move on to set weights and set weights and penalties. So there are some big differences which we've already slightly which we've already mentioned a little bit earlier on in this week's episode. But I suppose just to reiterate the biggest difference with set weights racing and set weights and penalties racing is that when it comes to that guarantee of gaining a start in the race and that order of entry which we've already touched on sometimes it's based on the horse's rating as it is all the time in benchmark racing but other times it's based on the horse's prize money mm-hmm. and we already mentioned a couple of those examples some of those bigger races um, you know for set age groups being the Caulfield Guineas for three-year-olds or the Blue Diamond for two-year-olds that's all prize money based so it doesn't really matter about a horse's rating uh, to gain entry into those races it's all about the prize money so that's just probably one of the bigger um, points of difference with this set weights and set weights and penalties racing now let's take a look at an example and it's race three at Caulfield this Saturday it's over 1600 meters it is restricted to three-year-olds only so it's a three-year-olds race but it's not a handicap it's a set weights race so what this means is that you'll see the colts and the gildings, so the boy horses, all have a weight of 58 and the fillies, they have a weight of 56. So it goes back to that females getting a two kilo allowance off the boys, as is the case with any race anywhere. The females will always get an allowance in the weight um, of two kilograms. 
But for a set weights race here, race three, it doesn't matter about the horse's rating. So if we take a look at the ratings, the top rated horse is horse number two uh, with a, a rating of 72. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that that horse has got a rating of 72 and that the lowest rated horse is number 12, Riverina Cyclone. Um, with a rating of 59. doesn't matter about the rating points in a set weights race because they will only carry the weight that's set to them. Does that mean, Grace, that trainers who are entering a horse with a lower rating are fairly confident about their ability? I would say that you can get a pretty good guide. So those horses like Riverina Cyclone, um, you know, even Air Clash, even Diane Star, these horses have got a rating of 60 to 62. And the top rated horse is Chartres with a rating of 72. So I think it's safe to say that, you know, these these 62 rated horses, they can find an easier race, but the trainer is happy to take them to Caulfield to a, a Saturday race because they think that they've got enough ability to be competitive there. So yeah, to answer your question, I think it's a very good guide. And Grace, are there any other examples that we can look at from the race card this weekend for set weights and the set weights and penalties? There certainly is, Fee, and this is a really great one. I'm very excited about this example. Let's take a look at race seven at Caulfield on Saturday. It is over 1,200 metres. It is called the Gold Sprint. And we have got a 12-horse field here that is assembled. And the conditions of this race is set weights and penalties. It's for three-year-olds and up. So if you are three, if you are four, if you're five, you can run in this race. You can be um, in either sex. But what is important about this race is the fact that it's set weights and penalties. So we've just talked about set weights. When we are talking about set weights races that are not restricted to an age group, so the previous example was for three-year-olds only, this um, is a set weights and penalties race for any age as long as you're over three, three or over, I should say. When we're talking about sort of the base set weights, I think a really good guide is that older geldings will get 57 kilos. Older mares will get 55 kilos. Of course, that's because of the two kilo allowance. Three-year-olds will get 55 kilos, but three-year-old fillies will get 53 kilos because they get the two kilo allowance. That's sort of the base weight when you're looking at a set weights race, you know, where three-year-olds can clash against the older horses. But this is the key part fee, which is the penalties aspect. So set weights and penalties races, the penalties part means that if you have won a certain race or won a certain amount of prize money within a specified period, the handicapper will penalise you and will make you carry extra weight. Mm -hmm. The penalties conditions can vary. Specifically for this race, the penalties are that if you have earned prize money in a race of over $120,000 since the 1st of January last year, you will get a three kilo penalty. If you have earned in a race prize money of over $80,000 since that same time, you will get a two kilo penalty. So that's the penalties of the race. So we're going off those base weights, which I've just mentioned, plus a penalty. Hence, you've got a horse like the Astrologist who's won some nice races in that time. He's got 60 kilos, same as Shelby 66, only two starts ago. He was a winner of the Group 1 Galaxy. So he's on 60 kilos as well. 
and high ratings here. We're talking above 100s. These two are both 105. Yeah, I should have mentioned that. This is a really high quality race. This is attracting a lot of good, good, highly rated horses. But if you take a look at the horse that's on the minimum weight here, her name is Swats That, and she is the highest rated horse on the entire program. Wow. And she has the least weight in this race. Yes. How has she managed that, This Grace? is why it's such a good <laughs> example, because it is, it is a real head-scratching sort of a situation. How has Swats That, who constantly runs at weight for age, um, against group one sprinters time and time again with a rating of 107. She's got that rating because she keeps measuring up against some of the best sprinters that we have. How has she got into this race with the minimum weight? Well, the answer is that under the penalties and the conditions of this race, you need to have won a race since June, sorry, since January 2021 uh, to gain that penalty. And she hasn't won a race since then. Oh, wow. So she keeps placing and running really well, but she hasn't won a race. So it's a little bit rare for this to happen, but it does happen. So when you're looking at this race, Swats That is incredibly well-weighted considering the competition she's been taking on recently. Now she finds a winnable race and... She gets five kilograms off those at the top of the weights. I think that's what we call a good placement from yes. the trainer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> she finally finds herself in a race where she'll be awfully hard to beat. And like she hasn't won a race in so long because she keeps running really well at the elite level. They keep taking her back to the elite level. And it is hard to win when you're in group one weight for age competition. But now she's back in a set weights and penalties with 55 kilograms. Best weighted horse on the day. Okay, Grace, I'm really starting to understand this now. The last thing I want you to explain to me and the listeners today is where listed and group races fit into the race class system. Are they classes of their own or are they sort of just indicating the level of racing? I think it's a really good time for you to talk about that because when you see a listed race, a group three race, group two, group one race. What that is mainly is sort of depicting the class of the race, not so much actually the category of who's eligible to run in those races. So for example, in a group one contest, you can have an open handicap, you can have weight for age race, you can have a set weights race, you can have a set weights and penalties race. So all the different categories of racing that we've just discussed, they can fall under any of those at stakes level, um, but it all just depends on what the race is. So if you see a group one race, you know that they are going to be the best horses that are eligible to run in that race because, again, when it comes back to order of entry, whether it's dependent dependent on ratings or prize money you're only going to get into the race if you are at the top level because the group one race attracts the best in terms of the prize money on offer for those horses so mainly stakes racing listed group one group two group three is about understanding the quality that's on offer and it also it has got a real significance when it comes to breeding, especially with mares. If a mare or a filly wins a stakes race, wins a group one race, they become extremely valuable as brood mares in the, the next chapter of their lives. So um, that's sort of what stakes racing 
is. It's not necessarily a category of race. It's just the label of the race and it explains to everybody the quality of the horses contesting it. That's right. So if you go to a yearling sale, uh, you'll hear about black type on a pedigree page and stakes races, which are listed group threes, group twos, group ones, are all black type races. And it just is a quick way to show how successful a horse was on the track. But Grace, not just for fillies and mares, also for those boys that uh, have avoided the gelding paddock yeah, as well. absolutely. Those <laughs> those few, the, the rare few that go on to be uh, stallions because when you buy a young horse that's a colt, the dream is always that they will win a black type race, a stakes race, um, and then potentially make millions of dollars as a stallion. But it doesn't always work out, Fee. In fact, I'm going to say rarely. it rarely works out. And as we <laughs> have covered in a past episode, gelding is really the ultimate gear change. Yes. So very few cults escape that fate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Grace, that was an info-packed episode, but I really feel like we've done a good job of decoding race classes. I certainly feel a lot more comfortable with all the different classes there are and how weights are allocated within a race. Yeah, and I suppose, Fee, normally we would have thrown in a few tips um, looking ahead to the weekend's racing. But to be honest, when you when you are decoding the topic of race classes and you know all the different races that are on offer to horses, it's not really relevant in finding a winner. It's more just explaining to everybody what it means so that we can all have a better understanding of this really crucial element to the horse racing industry. So I feel like everyone should be empowered with lots of knowledge to go out and start you know, really understanding it and actually observing different ratings races or different set weights races and, and seeing what's happening with those horses at the weight scale to see who is advantaged and who is disadvantaged. And there definitely is something in it for the form, like looking at the the example races that we did today yeah. at Caulfield this weekend was really enlightening. Oh, you'll hear plenty of form analysts say on the Saturday broadcast that SWATSAT is incredibly well weighted under the conditions of this set weights and penalties race. And now everybody knows what they mean. <laughs> and it just, it just, yeah, it's made me look at the form a bit differently. Um, and that can only be a good thing. More knowledge is absolutely is all what it's all about. Yeah, that's exactly it, Fee. Um, looking ahead to what we're going to be decoding next week, well, that sort of goes back to, you know, more in line with trying to find the winner of a race. And this is one of my favourite topics to decode because it's all about speed maps, barriers and race shapes. A lot of that can be quite foreign to lots of people, but it is so important, um, especially from the way that I do my form analysis. I always start with a speed map. So we'll be looking at that next week. I'm very excited about it. That is going to be a great episode. Can't wait to get into that one. Until then, everyone, thanks for tuning in. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, make sure to share it with your friends and family. And if you have a question for next week's topic all about speed maps, barriers and race shapes, please make sure you send us a voice note and we will endeavour to answer it on Ladies Who Punt next week. You can find us at Ladies Who Punt on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. We've actually just clocked over 500 followers on Instagram, which I'm very impressed with, I have to say. (laughs) And until next week, guys, enjoy this weekend's racing and we will catch you next week on Ladies Who Punt.
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.